Hey, Jack Chris with the Now See Here podcast. I'd like to take this moment to thank our underwriters and sponsors, including Oxford Lafayette County Chamber of Commerce and Economic Development Foundation, SettleMyCase.com, FaceValueHealth, Dr. Michael Sanders, Farm Bureau Life Insurance, Mazda of Jackson, CC's Coffee House, Will White, the home buyer guy, and hopefully your company. Contact me, chrispublicrelations at gmail.com or 601-750-6587 and become an underwriter or sponsor of the Now See Here podcast. Thank you to our underwriters and sponsors and thank you for listening. The views expressed here on Now See Here are not necessarily those of the sponsors, advertisers, Jack Chris, the host, or Roddy Merritt. Hello, everyone. This is the Now See Here podcast. I'm Jack Chris. We record our professional versions of the show here at CC's Coffee House in Ridgeland, Mississippi on Highway 51. We appreciate them letting us come in. And also SettleMyCase.com. One of our underwriters is upstairs, a great law firm, uh, nationwide uh, law organization. We're pleased to be joined again uh, by another one of our underwriters and sponsors, Mr. John Maynard, who is the CEO of the Oxford Lafayette County Chamber of Commerce and Economic Development Foundation. John, uh, we're, we're taping here on a Wednesday. It's almost chilly here in, at the end of July in Ridgeland, Mississippi. How's the weather in Oxford? Well, you know, oddly enough, it's it's like this every day in Oxford. It's always 72 <laughs> and sunny in Oxford. I, I don't know exactly what uh, what's going on down there in the okay. southern part of the state. But. Well, that's what you're supposed to say. It's always sunny in Oxford. I, I think that was it's a chamber of commerce weather. So we 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 control it. It may just be our little bubble, but we uh, no, it's it's beautiful here today, and uh, and it's always nice to have some of this uh, this fall like weather. Thanks in for, the middle of summer. Exactly, and thanks for sending it down. Let me let me ask you a question before we start talking about what all is going on, and, and we want to focus kind of on economic development there in Oxford uh, for this uh, this uh, interview uh, of the podcast. Why is Lafayette County not Lafayette? Do you know the story behind <laughs> that? I've always wondered because it was Marquis, Marquis de Lafayette, and but it's Lafayette County in Mississippi. I, I don't I don't know. I'm from Louisiana, and yeah. we always called it Lafayette. And then up here it's Lafayette. I I, I couldn't tell you the, the history of that one. Um, all I can tell you is that I go along with it just fine. <laughs> find find out for us. Uh, I, and I still can't pronounce uh, Faulkner's fictional county. Uh, Yoka, can you? Yoka keep, keep trying. Keep going. Yoka Panatha. <laughs> Yoka. Pa- y- y- Yachna Patafa. Okay. But what, what he said. What he said. Yes. John, economic development. You, uh, was that your background originally? Uh, and, and what is the difference in your roles there as CEO of the chamber, what you do with the chamber, and then what you do with the Economic Development Foundation? Yeah. Well, first, I'll give you a little bit of my background. Um, no, I, I, I started off life, uh, I was an Army brat growing up and moved all around all through the South. And uh, my father in 1980 retired from uh, Orlando, Florida, where he was stationed there, uh, his last gig in the Army. And we moved to Natchitoches, Louisiana. Now, if you can spell Natchitoches and say Natchitoches at the same time, you've got a, a real uh, winner on your hands. No it's thanks. a lot harder than, than, than Yachna Patafa. Um, anyway, we moved there. My father took over the family business, which was movie theaters. Um, I got into, uh, into running that. And I was in the movie theaters for 19 years, sold those in 1999. Went to work for my in-laws, uh, selling, uh, printing and office supplies. 
then I got into being a mortgage broker for a couple of years and the mortgage market fell apart. I uh, went over to, to full-time banking and uh, turned 40 and realized that, boy, did I not like banking. <laughs> and, uh, but in those, those, the time frame uh, from when I was in college to, uh, to when I, I became an economic developer professionally, um, I was a volunteer with the Chamber of Commerce in Natchitoches, Louisiana. We worked on economic development projects. We worked on uh, our big thing there was a Christmas festival. I ran the Christmas festival for seven years with the, uh, the director of the chamber there, Nick Palacia. And uh, what I learned was that, you know, I really had a passion for the community development, the growth of the community, having a, having some involvement in how things develop. And uh, then when I turned 40, I got a call from a friend of mine who said, you know, you'd be, uh, you'd be a really good fit for this economic development job in, in Shreveport, in, in Minden, Louisiana, actually. Right. And I said, wait a minute, they, they pay people to do this stuff? I have no idea. <laughs> And so I jumped into that, and uh, I've been thrilled with that ever since. That was about uh, 15 years ago. So I guess all in all, I've got uh, almost 30 years of experience, both on the, the volunteer and professional side of, of economic development and community development. Well, you know, the first so, time I interviewed you, I, I said you've got the dream job right now. I know you're leading up to that, but you really do in Oxford. Well, it really is. It, it's it's, But, it, you know, it's I, I, as we spoke last time, I talked about the, the type of growth we've had in Oxford and, and how, how wonderful it is here. But it is, it's a very difficult position to be in that I've got to grow this town without screwing up this town. And, uh, you know, we've, we've talked about that. And it sounds like a funny little cliche, but the reality is it, that's very true. We've yeah. got to grow this town without taking away the charm that has been so successful for 30-something years. And uh, so that, that becomes its, its own challenge. You can't rely on traditional economic development practices, which are, we, we call that whale chasing. Uh, going out and saying, look, I'm going to go land a big big factory here, and this factory is going to provide all of our economy and everybody be happy for, for years to come. And uh, we're finding out that traditional economic development, even in the state of Mississippi, is having some issues with traditional economic development and, and how we handle our economy. Um, I, would I do a lot of numbers, a lot of number crunching, and I spend a lot of time uh, pulling publicly accessible data and, and putting it all into one huge spreadsheet. And I am a complete spreadsheet nerd. So right. I, I spend a lot of time doing, uh, well, doing would, the number crunching. I would assume that's the hardest part of your job, that balancing act and, and keeping all the, the residents happy. I mean, you know, they, they want that Southern charm, but they also want modern uh, new businesses coming in and economic development. It's, it's got to be a tough, fine line to walk. But uh, by the same token, it's got to be... Uh, to have that problem, most communities would, would kill to have that problem, you know? Correct, yeah. Well, and there's you, you said something very interesting, that you've got to keep people happy. Yeah, and, you, you do. You know, the, you, in, in, in traditional economic development, the way you keep people happy is you make headlines. You, you go and you you, uh, you say, we landed this company here, and the, the politicians come out, come out, you cut the ribbon, the, the factory goes up, and everybody says how wonderful that is. But I, I looked at it a little bit differently because I'm this numbers geek. Um, started looking at things a little bit differently and that saying, does that work? Is that really making Mississippi successful? Um, that you, you alluded to the holistic practice of economic development of balancing it all. Yes. And we've been very, very fortunate in that my predecessor, Max Hip, uh, and the boards that, that, uh, that have been operating the Economic Development Foundation Chamber of Commerce here have been very supportive of a very holistic uh, method of economic development. So we have a 1,500 job manufacturer here. We have a number of other manufacturers here, but we also have something that most other communities do not, and that is we've got a very active uh, startup culture. 
We have a very active technology sector. We've got a very active small business sector. Uh, and we, we're incredibly active in the quality of place, the things that, that most people are sort of taken for granted uh, as part of economic development, but they, they don't guide uh, where they're going with uh, the, the quality of place. They guide where they're going with, let's go recruit another big industry. And so what I'm finding is by looking at the numbers, I've got you know the, the numbers for population, uh, growth rates, uh, civilian labor force, uh, per capita income, average annual wage, um, on and on, assessed, uh, total study, uh, assessed value of the counties, everything going back almost, you know, most of it going back to 1990 mm-hmm. for every county and for the state as a whole in this spreadsheet. And when you start analyzing this, there are some really surprising facts that roll out of this. Number one fact is the idea that the people that, that are being the most successful in industrial recruitment uh, we can prove that, that their, their counties are not uh, what I would, would call ahead of the game economically. They are a lot of uh, a lot of these counties that have won a lot of big projects, that sort of a thing. You're seeing that their their economy population is declining. Average annual wage is, is either flat or declining. Really? Um, their assessed values and you know, things that you would, you would accept as that is a natural offshoot from from doing the, the whale, hate, whale chasing is something that uh, is not really you know, showing up. And then you look at the state as a whole, and we, we have some issues in the state. We've got, uh, you know, the, a lot of the leaders in the state will say we don't have a brain drain. And some of the numbers do prove that we've got uh, some numbers that are, are declining because of birth rates and things like that. But the reality is we are, we, we see it here at the, at the university every day. We, we're educating kids and they're going somewhere else to get a job. Yeah. Uh, they don't want to stay in Mississippi or they, they can't find the job in Mississippi. Now, I will say that there's an awful lot of, of PhD candidates or PhDs that are tending bar and that sort of thing in Oxford because they don't want to go anywhere. Um, but that's an underutilization of some of their skills. But when I start looking at, at the, the method that we've been doing for 30 years, I, I call it the, the exact opposite of whale hunting. It's called tropical fishing. And that we've been creating this wonderful little reef for tropical fish to congregate. So that's where we, we end up with companies like FNC, which was which came out of the university as four professors who had a, right. a great idea and how they could, could do some things. And they grew up and they they sold their company for $475 million. Right. And now Dr. Rayburn, Bill Rayburn, has taken that, that a lot of that team that he started uh, FNC with, moved it over to or back to our incubator and is growing a company called M-Trade. Uh, and M-Trade is, is going to probably be bigger than FNC. And then aside from that, in, in between FNC being in our incubator and MimTrade being in our incubator, there's a, a little company called Next Gear Solutions, mm-hmm. another software development company. They grew out of there. They've got uh, almost 200 jobs. They're a global company now. They're, they're buying up their competition. Uh, they're doing extremely well. And their headquarters are right here in Oxford because they, they feel like they can recruit uh, good workers here. But... So we created this this environment for them to be able to, to grow and prosper on their own. They started here. And the more we can do of that, the more we'll have companies that won't decide at the end of their incentives or or for whatever reason to pack up and go somewhere else because the, the grass is greener somewhere else. They, they feel like they've made their, their grass pretty green here and they're, they're excited to be here. And you're getting national so, recognition for this, uh, it, not only in, in travel magazines, but in business publications, too, are you not? Absolutely. And we're, it's not just the, the, the write-ups about, uh, you know, what a neat place it is. Yeah. We're getting uh, companies like polycom.com. They do uh, rankings of, of micropolitans, of communities that are between 10,000 and 50,000 in size. 
that are uh, they measure them from probably about 15 to 20, maybe even more than that, uh, economic indicators. So it's not just you know one or two things here or there, and there are negative indicators and positive indicators. But they they go through a rather um, uh, rigorous process to rank all of the 550 something micropolitans in the country. Uh, in order of, of who's the best to who's the worst. Right. And out of the 551 <clears throat> in the country this last year, Oxford ranked number nine. Wow. So we're in the top 10 of, of micropolitans throughout the entire country. That's um, impressive, John. That really it, is. Top 10. Well, yeah, and it's, it's, it's not something that, you know, we, we take lightly. We, we, we don't want to just sit there. We want to get better at it. Uh, but it's also, you, you, you've made it to the top. Now, where do you go? You go down. But that's not what we want to do. No, no. But, uh, other, other play, Walton Family Foundation does a similar study. We were ranked number 64 in their study, but they use much fewer um, uh, parameters there. But we ranked very high in some other very important and key things that we take great pride in. But not so, so to, to your point, we're being written up about uh, for the quality of, of life, the quality of place. Um, but we're also being written up by people who, who actually do really strong economic studies uh, about towns our size. And they're finding that we are you know, beating the pants off of just about everybody else around us. We are talking with Mr. John Maynard, who is the CEO of the Oxford Lafayette County Chamber of Commerce and Economic Development Foundation. And John, of course, and his organizations are underwriters of the Now See Here podcast, and we greatly appreciate that. John, I, I want to talk about your relationship with the University of Mississippi. And, I, and before I get into that, I, I have to, we're, we're all very shocked about what happened there in Oxford. I, I'm, I'm saddened to hear, uh, you know, about the, the young student. That's a uh, terrible tragedy that's made national right. news. And we, we, you know, our thoughts and prayers are with you. But how, how closely do you work with the University of Mississippi and their officials? How, do they help you? Do you help them? Tell us about that relationship. That relationship is, I, I'm going to, I'll just say it, it's very strong. Mm -hmm. uh, it's its funny that you mentioned that we're working on a uh, an economic development project. Oddly enough, now that I'm saying we're, we're tropical fishing, but we're actually working on a whale project right now that uh, involves the university very strongly. I'm holding in my hand about uh, eight to ten pages of, of documents that uh, William Nicholas, my, my counterpart at the university, sent over to me just this morning mm -hmm. to be able to submit to this this company that's looking to locate somewhere. Well, somewhere, hopefully here. Um, so we work very, very closely with them on pure economic development. Now, there's other parts of, of economic development, entrepreneurship, for example. The uh, the interim provost right now, uh, Noel Wilkin, um, is is absolutely he's a, he's an entrepreneur. He's created a number of businesses. Yeah. And he has uh, looked throughout the campus and said we've got a lot of people working on entrepreneurship, and we need to figure out a way to be both on campus and off campus, or very active on campus and off campus to create more companies like FNC and Mtrade and Next Year Solutions and others that can be um, essentially great you know, benefactors to the university and to our community for a long, long time. And so we have pulled together a new group. Uh, we're actually calling it the Entrepreneurial Delta Force. Mm -hmm. And uh, for, for no, no other reason than it's a pretty cool name. Uh, <laughs> but, the, uh, but the intent is truly to, to say, look, we have faculty and we have students that have great ideas. Yeah. How do we get them to monetize and grow these great ideas? What's what's the best way to do this? So they don't look at going anywhere else. So they, they really become reliant on the uh, the the uh, the resources that they have locally. And, and it's it's you know something we haven't had here that that we've, we've had that relationship uh, in the past for, you know, little things here and there. 
but never a real coordinated effort specifically in entrepreneurship. So that's that's a really great way to go. Yeah, that's fantastic. Um, yeah. And, and that but, would stop know, the brain drain, too, you know. So We would hope so. And yeah. in fact, we, we want to, you know, our version of economic development, um, the, the ultimate goal is to reverse the brain drain and to start bringing people back here, um, recruiting talent for jobs. Because right now, workforce is, is the number one issue in every uh, economic development organization, not even just in America, it's global. Yeah. And so we are, we struggle with, you know, trying to, uh, trying to recruit talent to Mississippi. And if we can have companies that have a great track record that are in, um, let's call it the, the, the brain business, uh, we have a better shot at recruiting people back to Mississippi or to Mississippi that have never been here before. Yeah, but you've and also... That's something that... Go, go ahead. I'm so, I was going to say you've also got that quality of life in Oxford, too. I mean, you, you know, we, t we talked about it before. You've got the restaurants, you've got the culture, you've got the history. The, there's so many great things happening there. And, and that's that's the key to it is we've got, you know, whether we like it or not, uh, Mississippi has a, a, a bit of an image problem. I don't know if you'd heard that or not. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm wearing shoes. And, Can you believe it? I'm wearing shoes. I, and I've, I, I have all of my teeth. I use a toothbrush, <laughs> not a toothbrush. <laughs> So, but, and it's not even just, it's not, it's not even the, the, the hardcore stereotype. It's not even, it's not just the, the, the flag issue or our history issue or anything like that. It's just that it, in so many parts of the country, uh, even in the, in the world, we're a non-entity. They, they don't even think about us. No. Um, it's, it's not, it's not necessarily negative or derogatory. It's just, we were not on the map. Right. And so that's, that's a problem. You know, we, 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 I, I did have a chance to talk with some site selection consultants at our Mississippi Economic Development Council uh, conference two weeks ago. And the, the, the question came up about the flag uh, of, is the flag uh, hurting us when site selectors are looking to locate businesses in Mississippi? Mm -hmm. And the, the claim can be, well, I've, we've never lost a project because somebody said they didn't like the flag. But this group of site selectors, and there's 15 or so of them, and they all agreed that yeah, you may not have lost a project, but there's a lot of projects you didn't even see because of because of it. Yeah, I agree. I can see but, that. But then it goes even farther than that. It's not that's that's a negative context. I think our biggest enemy is is really geographic geographical apathy. People they they they're not looking at Mississippi because we don't have a major city. They don't we don't they're not looking at Mississippi because we have a you know a a sparse population statewide. We they're just not looking at Mississippi for. Because they don't know, they're 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 not aware. And when they start looking around, then they see the negative things that are out there, and then they they begin to make judgments that that really aren't appropriate, that don't don't fit. I can honestly say that, and uh, in, in just about every economic developer I've ever met with in Mississippi, um, the 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 quote the quote is, if we can just get them here, when they show up, yeah. they come to Mississippi, they're stunned. Well, I had no idea this place is fantastic. Oh, and the the cost of living is is wonderful and the the amenities that you have are are really much better than i thought and and especially in a small town well, let me and it's it's really go ahead i was going to stop and ask you there because i know oxford has so many uh, retirees coming from all over the country and uh you have transplants do you ever get these people to do testimonials for you or to attend these meetings yes. with you and tell uh you know someone from the midwest or from upstate new york that hey i moved here and let me tell you i mean do you use these people <laughs> or utilize them we do yeah yeah we do um you know what, what's funny is we've got uh we, we have a great video out there and there is a a retiree who is uh struggling to remember what her name was but at the very end she she looks directly into the camera 
And she just says, we've got this, we've got that. And honestly, I can't imagine any place that I'd rather be. Hmm. And this is not a, this is not a coerced test or testimony. This yeah. is something that she, she came up with on her own, but she was one of those people. I think she had a, a prior relationship with Oxford in that she lived in Memphis for a while at some point in their career, but she, she knew about Oxford and retired here, but we have a, a retirement um, group here that is very strong. We have a newcomers club here, which uh, is mostly retirees. We, they, they number in the 300s, uh, and some of them have been newcomers for about 18 to 20 years. So, you know, they're, they're, they're here, they, they get involved in this organization, and they stay because they're having a darn good time being engaged in the community. But uh, well, the fun thing is, is that many of these people have had zero um, prior relationship with Mississippi, zero prior relationship with, uh, with Oxford at all. And so they come here because of, the, of what they found here. And uh, and their preconceived notions were absolutely dashed when they showed up. Well, and, you know, we, we discussed the first time we did the interview, you, you run the risk. You don't want Oxford to become too big to lose that touch. I don't really see that. Ha I mean, I'm not there on the ground like you, but I don't I don't really see that happening. Do you? No, we, we've got a you know, we're still a small town. We're still yeah. a small county in the and in, in how numbers really work. We, you know, we. The county has uh, 54,000 or so people in it, but a lot of those are students. And we're going to be a small town for a very long time. Now, that being said, we have great leadership involved here, uh, both the city and the county, that completely understand that, that value of where we've been, what we are, who we are. And they put into place protections so that, you know, as we're, we're growing our community, we're not trying to create urban sprawl. We're not, we don't want to be another Memphis or Atlanta or even Austin. We want to be a, a, a bigger, better Oxford. And so we create small pockets that are much like the square, uh, walkable, livable. Uh, things that, that attracted retirees 25 years ago are the same things you, that are attracting millennials. And so I think I discussed that last time. You just made and, a, a, and it. I'm sorry, John, go, go ahead. ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead. And, what, and, and it's, it's just we, as, we, as we put these protections in place, uh, as we guide the growth here, yeah, sometimes it can be a little more difficult to, to get, you know, permitting and, and uh, the, you know, maybe a little more expensive to do this, that, and the other. But at the end of the day, you're protecting the, the future value of your community and the people here, the people that live here, the people that have been here for decades, for generations, truly appreciate that. And that's been the difference maker in how we've been able to grow our community without making wholesale changes that we don't like. I love that don't pay off in the end. You know, I love the comment you, you made just a few minutes ago. We don't want to be the next Austin or Atlanta. We want to be a better Oxford. That's great because we don't hear that in Jackson. You know, it's, it's so many times it's, oh, we want to be the next Atlanta or next this or that. Why, you know, why not just be what you are, but better at it? John, we're almost out of time. You know, one thing I want to talk to you about in the future and that we haven't mentioned, I don't think, in the first two uh, interviews. And that's the fact that Oxford also has an excellent health care system. I mean, you've got uh, doctors from out of state. You've got the great Baptist, the hospital. And uh, I remember even 10 years ago uh, hearing reports of you don't have to go to Memphis or Jackson or whatever. It's the health care is there. It exists. We do. And that's the that's the, the other thing that is uh, somewhat unsung. Yeah. But Baptist uh, Hospital, they, they, they chose to invest about four hundred million dollars in Oxford to build a new hospital here. And. Um, We've got ter terrific health care, but we also have a cancer treatment center. You don't have to go anywhere else uh, to, right. to be, a, a, you know, from, from beginning to end, um, cancer treatment. Uh, we have a, a state-of-the-art 
world-class imaging center. Uh, we've got, uh, I, I could list by the dozens, the types of programs that this hospital has in place. Everything from, from um, you know, diet-related uh, illnesses and heartburn and things like that, all the way through that the, the cancer treatment and, and, and those sort of things. It's, it's truly amazing that Baptist sought out Oxford to be their, one of their biggest investments ever and has grown this, this tremendous hospital. But the, the leadership there also is looking laterally to become a strong regional center for, for healthcare, uh, to be the attractor, uh, to be working with, with customers, I say customers, patients, patients throughout Mississippi to make a much better healthcare system rather than just a much better profit system. John? And that's the that's the key to it. I'm telling you something. I, I'm going to say this on the air. I'll put you on the spot. You get the Now See Here podcast subsidized by some business up there, and Roddy Merritt and I will be up in Oxford in a heartbeat. <laughs> <laughs> we'll do the show live well, from the square. <laughs> look, you, I think you want to do that anyway. Uh, because it's it's a fabulous place to be. Well, you never know. I mean, I, I, honestly, I, I told you this before, and I'll say it again, and I'm no disrespect. I'm a South Jackson native, and I live in Ridgeland. I love Ridgeland, but Oxford's it. I just, I have always loved Oxford. It's it's like a second home to me. I just haven't been in a while, but I'll, we're going to correct that. I'm coming up to see you. And, John, listen, we're out of time, but I, I appreciate your support, and uh We'll, we'll pick out uh, some new topics to talk about in a couple of weeks. How about that? I know you've got that some, some of your uh, people there are going to come on the show and fill in for you from time to time. And we look forward to hearing uh, more about what's going on in Oxford because there's always something going on in Oxford. We, we always look forward to talking about it. So that's not a problem for us. John, thanks. And go enjoy that weather that you always have in Oxford. I know it's just another day in paradise, but, but you know, <laughs> get away from your desk and have some fun today, okay? That's a good plan, Jack. I John, appreciate that. John Maynard, thanks so much. That's John Maynard, the CEO of the Oxford Lafayette County Chamber of Commerce and Economic Development Foundation, and he is a supporter of ours. Good man. Go to Oxford and tell John you heard about it on Now See Here. This is Now See Here. I'm Jack Chris. Folks, do me a favor. Go to Facebook, like Now See Here. Go to anchor.fm slash now see here. You can make a donation, and I'm not begging for money, but every little bit helps. It can pay for lunch for me and Roddy, for our guest, uh, and it can also keep this podcast going strong and growing. We can boost it and do more things with it and bring you good podcasting and good radio. Until we talk again, again, I am Jack Chris. This is Now See Here. Thanks so much for listening and take care.